and welcome to another episode of Magnum Talks. I am your host, Lee. I am here. I am joined by the Brain Trust of the Magnum Talks Podcast Network. Spencer, how you doing? Doing fine, man. Also got BJ here. BJ, what's happening? Not too much. How's it going? We rounded out our foursome today on the links. Levi Baxter. Levi, what's happening today? Talking with you guys. Living the dream. Awesome. Yeah. Great. We got it. We got a 10 out of 10 mood from Levi today. It's going to be fun. Uh, here we go. So we are doing 11 and 12 of Attack on Titan, episode 11 and 12. It's been some weeks since I watched it. Spencer, do you want to talk to us a little bit about what was covered in these episodes as we go into a breakdown? Uh, these are kind of intentionally set up episodes to what is the last episode of the first half of the season, which is going to be episode 13 coming up. Oh, I didn't realize uh, I think Spencer really <laughs> likes dragging us up to the edge of the abyss. So we have like the the cliffhanger, like right at the the end of uh, our watch and and clearly, obviously planned it out this way. I am giving you the authentic Attack on Titan experience. Though. Before you go, mm. are most of the seasons about 12, 13 episodes? No, the, the seasons are usually about tw- double that. And they'll typically yeah. have like a mid-season kind of shift in some degree, particularly the first season. Um, the first season has... You'll, you'll even notice once you get episode uh, 14, it is an entirely different intro. Uh, there'll be a new song, there'll be a new, there'll be a new animation that occurs there. Just reflecting that, okay, we finished that arc, now we're going on to the next arc. Um, so for these Are there two, American shows that do that? Because like, it's a super common anime thing to like continually like choose a new song, choose a new intro, uh, sometimes even new outro, but like that, that varies. Uh, I don't think it's very common in America. I can't really think of a show that does it right now. You got, can you guys think of any? It changes, changes the intro. <laughs> are, are, are you being cagey there, Spencer? Or, or trying to be funny? Game of Thrones, obviously. No, Game of Thrones uh, did, not change, did not change its song. And it just used this exact same song. format. Of, it's, it even did the same map. It just added little things. And we still found that little addition to be, oh my God, we got to watch the intro because they're changing things. They didn't do like they didn't like hire an entirely new band to make an entirely different new song and pay a lot of animators to make an entirely different new scene. They just added little shit. We found that the most incredible thing ever. Yeah, that's okay, a good so, point. I can't think of a, a show that, that actually like legitimately changes their intro. I, I can't. Well, it's uh, also the wire, the wire super changes the song. Um, sorry, go ahead, Levi. Uh, never mind. <laughs> okay. Um, What's really interesting is like, uh, and I don't know if Attack on Titan does, does this, but a lot of anime will change uh, whether they do like part of the episode and then intro or like intro and then just the, the, the entire episode. And which is just super fascinating to me in terms of like uh, how people consume media. And like if it's broadcast on TV and that's how you're watching it, then like it kind of doesn't matter. You're just stuck watching it. But like if you're streaming it or whatever else, like you, uh, some services will like skip the intro and they'll skip actually like relevant uh, episode content. And uh-huh. you just don't know if that's going to change. It it messes with certain streaming services a lot. So some shows of where it's just <laughs> random when the episode actually cuts to its intro or not. Of where they can be, the intro could be uh, at the very beginning. It'd be eight minutes in. Who knows? Right. But okay. For these, so back to the yeah content of eleven as well. Well, for I mean, main subject of eleven is really getting used to who's going to be a bit of a pretty important character going forward, General Pixis, um, who it, we we find out is one of the senior members of the Garrison military and is responsible for this entire area of the defense. And it's his responsibility to, in episode eleven, rally the troops, put together a plan, and implement it by assigning those that are going to be responsible for it and putting a certain degree of trust and who is the very uncertain 
and as we see, ultimately uncontrollable weapon that is Aaron. What do you guys make of General Pixis from what you saw of him? Is he uh, somebody that you would follow or support, or is he, in the words of Armin and Aaron, mildly eccentric? I think I'd follow him, but yeah, he, he's certainly pretty eccentric. Um, he seems like the type of guy that, like, if you've broken a rule in the military, you go to him um, because he, he doesn't seem to be like the A to B finger. Um, but no, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think we get enough about him to to, to draw too much of a conclusion. But I, I do think I, I like the guy. Um, that's from what I can remember. BJ, um, I he's entertaining, and it thoroughly amuses me that like he's kind of this big bald dude. And I feel like that that's a funny trope uh, in an yeah. anime where like the general or, or like, you know, somebody fairly high up our organization is just like this, this big bald dude. Um, also see the wire. Sure. Um, I, I don't know. He was entertaining. Uh, he, he kind of has the, this, it almost feels like he's a, a, a nod to Patton. Uh, being kind of like batshit crazy, um, and I, I I don't know if that was a intentional thing. He he is intentionally modeled after a World War II general. Controversially, he's he's modeled after a World War II general that was responsible for the occupation of Korea, a Japanese World War II general. Ah. Uh, which once that came out, Korea was not happy. That's not right. Was not happy. North Korea, we don't know. They're probably cool with it. Levi, what do you think of the general? He's a person who doesn't exist in real life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go on, that, please. That's not a person. You don't. You don't have a a, a top flight. Um, quote, I mean, political actor, a person with that much influence, who's that sort of like cagey and like quirky, and eh, it doesn't exist. Uh, they would have been undercut on their on their rise up by someone who's who's far more astute politically, because he seems to just like go around, fuck around. Um, doesn't really listen to the to the upper elites, right? He he he's acts like an asshole to to his political quote unquote superiors. Unless he's planning for a coup, he doesn't exist. He does kind of tell the ability of episode two ago to get stuffed. That's a good point. You know, he reminds me of y'all. Did y'all ever see Mad Men? Sure. You know how Mad Men, like um, you know, John Hamm's character works for the partners, right? And the you have the main partner who's like the silver haired middle aged white guy um that we see a lot the really good looking guy and then there's like the really older guy who's kind of frumpy Mm -hmm. who's super eccentric that guy i always thought no way he would get in that position he's just is too too weird too eccentric there's no way he could have moved up the ladder uh like this so it reminded me exactly what levi was talking about which is like yeah it it doesn't seem realistic that that person would ever be in that position it's one of the things of where I can picture almost the guy at the very top of the totem being more eccentric than the guys that are under him, so long as he became eccentric once he got to that position and now has the luxury of being that eccentric. Um, that once you're actually on top of the ship and kind of running things, you have a, there's, there's no one that can have a certain degree of oversight of you. But Commander Pixis isn't that, like you're saying, Levi. He does have people he still reports to. And a trope that I do find annoying is the willingness of superiors to overlook uh, quirks or oddities or incompetence to somebody because they're so good at their job. Because it does happen in real life, but it doesn't seem it happens anywhere near as much as we like to see in television show and movies, I guess. So you really liked House? No, I didn't like House. House would have gotten fired a long time ago in my book. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> like House. Either. But the character yeah. was nightmarish. Yeah, I didn't really like the portrayal of the addict as some sort of like brilliant guy. If I just take more pills, I'll get smarter. Um, the Mad Men characters I was talking about Roger is the middle middle aged white guy, and then Cooper is the guy I'm talking about. That sort of frumpy guy who just sort of comes in, 
waxes poetic and leaves, you're like, how the fuck does he own an advertising company in Manhattan in the 60s? It doesn't make any sense. Because the name of the company is Sterling Cooper. Well, yeah, but right. But that personality, it never, never jived with me. Same kind of deal with the, what you guys talking about here. Sure. Um, I mean, I'd push back it, even further. Was, I mean, I, he, he can't exist in this universe. They're just coming off of what is effectively uh, uh, peacetime. Like he's a wartime general. He's a wartime person you put up with um, and the politicians allowed to exist, but you don't have that person in peacetime. It's an interesting thing too. We're talking about with respect to the politics, because one of the main ways that he goes about rallying the troops is essentially admitting the sins of their nation. Because one of the big things he does, on top of basically shaming them to action, is that I'll let anybody go that wants to go, but go tell your family that you left, and now they're going to have to suffer the same fate that you're you're running away from. Which, you know, that's a pretty effective rallying cry. But the second element was you also all know what our government did. It sent like, you know, several hundred thousand people out to die so that we can eat. That is the fundamental sin of our regime that we need to acknowledge and we cannot allow to happen again. That's, I, I wonder to what degree that is public knowledge or not, that that was the intent. Because we had it described before as being, it was a desperate gamble and it failed, but now we can all eat. He's saying, no, 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 it was never intended to succeed. It was a culling. Yeah. Which, you know, from a political standpoint, Levi, like you're noting, I'm sure the nobility probably would prefer that's not the perspective he puts the spin on to the entirety of the armed forces down there before him. He does have an out, though. I mean, like he can he can claim that that basically that and that that's an implied threat. That's a hey, FYI, we don't take care of this. They break through. We're gonna have to call again. So like, run away, but we'll probably just get you then. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you'll you'll be first on the list of cattle we send out to keep the Titans busy. Yeah, I took that as a bit of being a bit more devious than than sort of like let me be be a truth teller to you um it was more of like you know let me this is what's going to happen by the way um you run if you, you want you but you 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 take it's like another extension of his first point about you know if you run away your families are going to get eaten next mm-hmm. that makes sense bj how did you interpret his uh what, what did you interpret of that reveal and what, what did you interpret about his intent behind it i mean I, I don't know i don't know that i have anything to add I, it very much seemed like what he was going for in terms of like you know, trying to convince people and, and such. I don't know. Okay. I think that there were other sort of more interesting, like weird bits that, that he had uh, separate from that. What's something that struck you though? Um, the, uh, like the references to the past, I feel like are the weirdest and kind of interesting. Like the hundred years ago kind of past? Yeah. And in, ter- in terms of, well, what, what aspect are you focusing on? So I don't necessarily accidentally stumble into spoilers um the like we thought it would unite everybody and like just like and maybe that's even further back um uh his conversation with aaron on the subject of humanity yeah. coming together for an external threat the reagan principle of we reagan's conversation with the ussr about we just need aliens we need aliens so that we can finally make peace between ourselves i mean independence day right that is what emmerich was going for yes <laughs> i mean it, Aaron calls it bullshit that basically as long as there are two, you know, two humans out there, they're going to find a way to hate each other. And Pixis agrees with him. Um, What do you guys think about that? Do you have any particular philosophical stance on the idea of whether an external threat can actually bring lasting peace? Not lasting, but yeah, temporary peace for sure. But I I I certainly believe in that as long as there are two humans on the planet, they're going to find a way to bitch at each other. 100% agree with that. But yeah, the sort of like, Massive external threat bringing everybody together for a brief period. I mean, you know, George W. Bush had like a 92% approval rating at one point. I mean, that can't happen in the short term. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a long term thing. 
I mean, but I think that that can allow for like an understanding of commonalities that wouldn't happen otherwise. Like it's not in and of itself enough, but cooperation and and like the necessity of cooperation could breed long-term relationships where there weren't any before. Leila, do you have a a political philosophical stance on the subject? Nah, we're screwed up as humans. (laughs) Shit ain't gonna happen. Um, I mean, with the aliens, the the, the North Koreans would be like, yeah, now we can sell shit to, to, you know, I don't know, India. Uh, And he's like, yeah, cool, we can get some discount goods. Um, Like The the backstabbing would never stop. I mean, I hear you. a narrative would 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 come on, you know, come to the fore, and the and the big powers would would be somewhat interesting. But ultimately, that'd be a, a very short term. That'd be a you know, Terry, to your ninety two percent example, that'd be a, a one month thing. Uh, and then you know, he does something stupid or goes on Saturday Night Live and acts like an idiot or something. Everyone else starts joking on him. Um, I don't <laughs> know. It just it it would have to be a, an incredibly universally felt pain. In which case, yes, hundred percent. I mean. That. Like, how incredibly painful, because, uh, I mean, we're kind of living through it, right? Look, no, no, we're not. Absolutely not. We have, <laughs> a, we have an extremely comfortable life. Uh, it's the it's the cow and grass thing. Uh, I don't want to be too too heady and philosophical for you guys, so I don't want to lose everybody with my really high <laughs> philosophical talking. Um, mm-hmm. But if I remember correctly, which I'm, I'm sure I do, because I was an astute scholar in undergrad, <laughs> There's an issue with cows and grass that uh, belies everybody's fundamental selfishness, where if there's like a little plot of grass and you have a cow and everybody's like, you can only have your cow eat the grass from like one to two, inevitably some asshole is going to bring the cow out at night to eat the grass because people are assholes. That's kind of the problem we all are going to have. So we're all going to be shitheads because of the cow and grass thing. Okay. I've never actually heard that way of expressing it before. I did not attend those classes at UNC apparently. Yeah, no problem. Spencer. Appreciate that. I mean, Spencer, we all know you just sort of coasted through and like barely showed up to class. So yeah, um, I, it's good I, that I our high now. school and just skip the first two years. That's, that's what you do. That's why we uh, call you uh, Spencer uh, Paper Classes uh, Leech. That's, <laughs> that's, yeah, we all yeah. call you. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was my <laughs> nickname. Appreciate that. Uh, but we, one Another aspect of what uh, Pixis does is he kind of plays Anto's speech yes, before he just claims that Aaron is a product of a military experiment and this has always been the plan the entire way around, which is best as we can. We don't know whether that's a bold-faced lie or not, but it doesn't seem like Pixis would know if that was true or not. But he's offering it seemingly as a way of basically convincing the troops that everything is going according to plan, just listen to me. As for that plan, uh, which is seemingly put together by Pixis and his aides with no small amount of help from Armin, too, in terms of putting it together, how would you guys summarize what is the three or four steps of the operation they're trying to put together to try to retake the walls. Step one, Armin becomes a Titan. Step two, Aaron. everyone else distracts Aaron. Aaron. Uh, everyone distracts the Titans to a corner. Step three, he has some bodyguards that help him. Step four, he carries a big rock. Step five, he places the big rock into a hole and covers the hole. Step six, everyone's happy. And they can go back to Genius. fucking and, produ- and producing more... Uh, more people because now they have land um and they don't have to worry about being called i think you've perfectly summarized it levi excellently done uh do you think this is a plan that other than the problem that we see with this plan in this episode and the next how does this plan look on paper does this seem like something that actually could reasonably succeed or is there a fundamental flaw that they're not really exploring are you saying other than the flaw that we see (laughs) or feel free to go into the flaw i mean the flaws the flaw is laid out pretty bare in these two episodes 
I mean, you're you're taking something that that everyone's like, well, we have problems controlling this. Uh, let's do a very specific task. Uh, we have no idea what's going on. Go. There are a lot of things that can be said about this plan that it that, that raise questions about its efficacy, how well thought it is. Um, I will also respond, Spencer. What's the alternative? There's not really an alternative here. So as much as we like, might want to clown on the plan because they, they don't really have a backup, right? They have no contingencies. It's all sort of things need to happen exactly to plan or you're basically screwed. Um, like the other alternative is basically hunker down in the previous wall, call out 50 to 60% of the population and, and hope for the best. And we're, I think that's sort of where the power of the general maybe comes from. Like even though he's kind of eccentric and weird is that I... I there are definitely going to be examples, but I feel like they're, you know, well, whatever. The the lords of the castle have absolutely no uh, connection with the the outside, and so that they and they sort of make decisions, but like the decisions that they make are like, I guess we care about stuff that goes on outside, so just like make sure that it happens, um, and and so it's kind of like, will they know? if the orders are, are taken out correctly or not. Like, I don't know. It, do, it doesn't seem like they even have like an intelligence network. It's just like the it's pride and, and whatever of the general being like, no, I didn't fucking listen to you and I did this. And they'd be like, well, I didn't like that. But like, I don't know, there aren't Titans in here. So I don't give a shit. The, the, what, what we've seen in the military so far, though they have kind of modern military ranks, Pixis is actually a commander, misspoke there earlier. Um, they're almost given like a feudal domain. Like he is in control of the Southern military forces and can kind of do what he wants with it with not much oversight other than that he kind of need to ask for resources from the ability to, you know, afford the shit they do. He doesn't really necessarily have to immediately report to people and he can tell the, uh, other than uh, higher chains of the military command. But I mean, it's also kind of weird that like, he also has control of most of those resources. In terms of like the gas supplies and whatever else. Yeah, I don't know. The resources in the future would be the issue. Resources he presently has under command, he kind of do what he wants in the moment. But if he he wants to get get those resources restored for future operations, it could be a bit of an issue. But I think the episode kind of emphasizes that Pixis is a bit of a gambler. I mean, I think he even straight up says that he is tired of losing. That's all they've kind of done for the last five or six years is just lose, retreat, and accept, accept losses. Kind of like, you know turn the other cheek style and he's just sick of it this is a risk this is a gamble there are factors outside of their control and knowledge but he's willing to bathe his hands in blood to make something happen rather than just do nothing and slowly die which is it, it could have horrendous losses but it can be admirable to a certain degree too because it actually can accomplish something in a way that nobility seems unwilling to do in, instead right it kind of gets to levi's point like what what else is your what other options do you have which, like, in this type of situation, I think I would be the person that would get very, very frustrated with the naysayers. Like, which probably doesn't shock you guys, but, like, when somebody's like, no, no, it's not going to work. It's like, well, what the fuck? What, what's your fucking plan? Like, just sit here, hunker down, and just wait for them to kill us? Like, so, yeah, I, I think I think Levi makes a good point. Like, what the fuck else are you going to do? Yeah, it's, it's not 100% certainty, but you have no other options. I also think it's interesting that the different depictions of great walls in fiction um this one seems like they just put up these insanely great walls populated them with cannon railway systems and i just really want to know where that workforce is like did they get eaten by the titans in the first uh like the first breach because i don't know the 
to, to be hyper technical, the official history is the walls were discovered, not that they were built. Well, okay. that, that's a better explanation. Yeah, yeah, BJ, that's funny, the, the depiction of walls in these sort of fantasy series. It always reminds me of George R. R. Martin. What did he say, Spencer, that the wall in Game of Thrones was 5,000 feet? I mean, see, he said some number, and then people had to come back to him and say, hey, that's just silly. That's way too high. Writers have no sense of scale. It's an example of that. I mean, like, you know, he, he, he was inspired by Hadrian's Wall, which is like, you know, 15 feet tall or something like that. And he made one that is just, you know, skyscrapers in the air. No historical walls at all resemble these, but they got to be appropriately impressive for the sake of fantasy scale. Just like uh, the Alamo. Yes, BJ, just like the Alamo. <laughs> um, with respect to the people he assigns to the mission, we get to meet three uh, new characters. Uh, Ian Dietrich, Rico Brzezinska, and Metabi Jernak, who is... The fact he's named Matabi is the most incongruous name for the all the German names we've had previously, but sure. Um, they were assigned essentially to be, like you said, Levi, the special bodyguard force for Aaron. Right. They're trying to lure most of the Titans away from Aaron, but just in case a few get through the net, they're going to keep a close guard on him while he seals the wall. And throughout the episode, they they're 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 presented as Pixis being the best of the best, but they're not particularly universally comfortable with the plan either. And we see in the next episode, the moment things start to go a little bit wrong, they immediately start trying to piece out on it. Partly because they just they don't they don't have much of a time to even know what the hell is going on. But to go into the main issue that's going to color these two episodes, once they get into position, once they get deployed, once Aaron does a very elaborate race through the, the entire townscape before biting his hand to get next to the boulder, his first action is to try to kill Mikasa. Yeah, what the fuck was that? I'm here to ask you, what do you guys make of the fact that moment he's in Titan form, first thing he does is lash out and try to kill Mikasa multiple times, too. Fucked up my plan. My whole plan was get Aaron to be a Titan, use him, fight Titans. Profit. Yes. Uh, screwed me all up. Yeah, I, I don't know. That one threw me for a loop. Le Levi, BJ, any theories about why Aaron Titan is behaving with the way Aaron Titan is? No explanation. Other than, like, deep repress, like, urges. He has urges to be better, um, and therefore wants to take out that when he has more power. Um, oh, I thought he was going a different way. Like Mikasa told him that she wouldn't be her girl, his girlfriend in like third grade, and like <laughs> this is like this is like the boy in the <laughs> in the in the uh, playground uh, pulling the girl's hair. This is a show meant for like sixteen-year-olds, right? So like, you may absolutely be right, Terry. That's more likely than yeah. mine. Yeah, like that that like boy rage of like I was rejected by a woman once i'm gonna beat up this girl yeah maybe that's it spencer did we nail it we, we did get a little bit of the shipping we did get a little bit of the shipping that you so lovely with respect to this of when uh, ian is telling mikasa you know you, uh, you, you uh, go guard aaron he says depending on the translation you got the version you watched he either says go guard your boyfriend or go guard your lover to Ooh, which she lover. blushes looks away and just says he's family Damn, which, get out of here with that shit i mean i don't know i think some of it is a it would be a different anime if it worked immediately. And to make it a little bit more interesting, they need to like, things don't need to not be easy and work out quickly. Uh, and the first time I'm like, it, basically okay. everything that we've seen so far and, you know, maybe this will be, you know, exactly how things are, but like there is a bump and then they overcome it and then they succeed. I mean, there was, um the lowering the uh i don't know the the platform into like the the warehouse with the uh titans like it sort of messed up a little bit yeah. and then they 
you know, succeeded. Like there, there is this like one pitfall, overcome, succeed. Uh, maybe it'll be a little bit longer this time, but like this is the, uh, this feels like, you know, they needed a plausible and reasonable thing to happen. Like he doesn't have full control and it's still kind of a Titan going crazy. Armin sort of figures, helps him figure out how to control his, I don't know, bloodlust, whatever it is, human lust, uh, and then becomes a force. Okay, all right. I got a question for Spencer and Levi here. Sorry, BJ, you're gonna, gonna, gonna stiff arm me out of here. Is this an example of BJ being too analytical for a podcast? Because his answer was, well, they're going to need some sort of thing to overcome because it's a story. Um, so therefore, you know, it can't work out the first time. And then later on, it will work out. Like, are, are we dealing with too much scientist here for a podcast? Spencer, his, his, answer, his, his answer was essentially the, the reason is narrative. And, they got you know, to, that is, is, well, the answer is they're that is true. <laughs> I was kind of going for something different than that, but I can't dispute <laughs> that that is the reason for anything that happens in the story. <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't the only one who had that same thought, which is ultimately you just described every story ever. Um, I mean, there's like a, a a fair point in there that they're that they're describing. They're putting the stakes reasonably low, so it's not insane, right? Because that's a problem. I know you guys aren't necessarily Marvel fans, but that's a problem in the Marvel universe. Is they started like leveling up the villains, right? And then therefore the the the, the superheroes they level up as well. They have to always have a problem, right? So so you have to have a scaled problem, um, and so you have this problem where you have this this level that goes to 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 ultimately the moon right it, it sort of goes to infinity um whereas this one is just sort of like let's keep let's start slow let's start really really slow have a little bit of a speed bump a little one because we're, we we want to slow that down because it's gonna be a problem so this is absolutely going to be a trouble on this podcast Nick. why did romeo and juliet both die at the end of the play well the play had to end and people had to go <laughs> home so therefore they had to write some pages um of how the play ends <laughs> yeah, and the mar and the marketing team they described it as a tragedy. So he was kind of pigeonholed, really, in terms of he had to write it for a sad ending. I mean, that's just uh, how it is. Uh, I mean, but like, but in keeping with story, this is kind of factors factors into a bit of a flaw we had discussed in the plan previously. But the only thing they ever saw about Aaron before was that he was killing shit in Titan form. They had right. no knowledge whatsoever that he was in control of himself. They had no knowledge there was any Aaron in there. All they really knew is that he saw thing, he punched thing. Now he seemed it was definitely them wanting to give the audience like very quick, like a shot in the arm of he can't control this when he immediately attacks Mikasa, right? Like that that was them saying, like, let, let's just that show narrative reason, yes. From yeah, from jump. What I mean it, it did for me, right? Yeah. Of all the people to attack, when he hits Mikasa, I'm like, okay, this guy, this is a whole different situation than we were expecting. One other thing we get to see, too, that we had no previous frame for. You guys have been pondering to what degree humans and Titans are connected. This is the first time we ever get to see the mind of a human while inside of a Titan. We get to see what is going through Aaron's head at the time. And it is a cozy, that kind of classic little memory we all have as kids of being wrapped in a blanket on a cold, like, winter's day, just snug and warm, watching your family as they go about their day. And it seems peaceful. It seems content. It almost seems lotus eating in terms of just how much he's just comfortably disappearing into it. I was gonna put a Matrix reference in, but uh, especially sure. like with the the body connections. But yes, lotus eater is, is a very uh, uh, Spencer observation. I'm here, I'm here for the Greek mythology. Um, 
But what, what do you guys make in terms of what we see through Aaron's head? Is this something that's unique to him? Is this something we could in any way assume is more universal? What do, what do we interpret from it? Is this really know. just a parable about about you know, drug users? Like, is that that was going on? The Japanese government just That is one of the theories I was hoping you would explore. Yes, go on. <laughs> I like that I'm so predictable to you in terms of my... <laughs> <laughs> Let's my talk brain. about opium use in... <laughs> What's the drug... Like, is there a drug problem in Japan? I imagine they're pretty strict on 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 drug traffickers. So there's an alcohol problem. There's alcohol problem. I, yes, fair enough. Fair <laughs> clarification, Terry, that alcohol is a drug. Um, so in terms of like no, traditionally just, hard drugs, um, the ones that no, are almost I, never legal, like like heroin. I wasn't trying to be a dick. I was just saying like that in the public consciousness, they, they, there've been a lot of like talks about like you know binge drinking in Japanese society. So that's why I brought that up. It, it, it's even almost more of a, a cultural thing i feel like there than than many other countries where like you go out after work all the fucking time and just drink with all your coworkers, and they're like it, it's an, establishment specifically for that it, it's not new either that is an old kind of custom that you've had before it is just kind of acceptable to get absolute pissed and that's just something that Innocent. you do at certain times <laughs> it, it just, this is a category of just what is occurring now <laughs> I love when Spencer's like uh, British television that he's watched uh, comes out I'm getting absolutely knockered. <laughs> oh, shit faced for that expression. I've got a story to tell you. I'm 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 in a big British phase right now. Um, but yeah, the 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 Japs saw the Brits and were like, "Hey, you guys get fucked up and you work hard. Uh, why don't we do both and combine them together? So we can get fucked up <laughs> yeah. and we can't can't choose the people that we're we're, we're getting fucked up with. Um, it's a very odd combination." There is apparently like a significant heavy drug use in Japan, and meth is apparently a problem. Oh God, really? I haven't heard about that one yet. That almost feels like how work. can we work harder and longer? Mm-hmm. Thanks, America. <laughs> and fetamines. And capitalism was hell of a drug for the Japanese. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're still. They're, they're st- what, what is that? The f- they originally called it the lost decade. Now we're we the lost thirty years of they're still suffering from the capitalism burnout of the collapse in the nineties. Can we pull? Can we pull? So, Levi, you said, "Is this just a parable for drug use in Japan?" Can we can we explain your thoughts there? It was a very half baked idea, uh, but the idea is ultimately that, like you know, uh, all the evils of society, the thing that's destroying society and literally making it crumble, um, are people that are just you know uh, hooked on on nostalgia, which is ultimately just a drug. Um, you know, they're just. Uh, tapped into the matrix they're on their little little warm cozy night uh or 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 day memory that spencer has i don't really have that but it seems like it would be attractive i guess yeah when people tap out and no longer contribute to society and just sort of like lays around in bed or or whatever it is then they they turn into this monster that destroys the fabric of society Ooh, it also walls and foundations I mean, the literal drug they're consuming is nostalgia. Maybe it's really a matter of like, this is a progressive party. Like, we need to look forward. We need to stop looking be- looking in the past. We need to look forward and move in an, in a positive direction. Maybe that's what's going on, Spencer. I, I mean, that, that that is no like red hats, Japan. no more red hats. <laughs> there are that is like the last thing that comes out in in episode twelve of like exploring the outside world and and yeah. you know the you know finding what was lost is his uh birthright which was fucking wild statement to just kind of come out of nowhere but um and i have i have a feeling this has to do with um his interaction with his dad that was kind of wonky 
but which interactions are you? all the interactions are which you could call wonky if you wanted to be polite <laughs> that's a the weird dad like put it that way we, we don't know much about his dad from what we've seen other than he seems he, like a good mentor in the exact way that you were mocking me for yes i will accept <laughs> that term oh shut uh, up uh, uh, what, what, what we know about his dad is he was a doctor uh that he had seemingly treated and cured a fair amount of people so that people like Hannes feel indebted to him and his, him and his family, that he is keeping secrets that are in some way associated with the basement. And we get a brief series of flashbacks to indicate that there may have been something involving him, Aaron, a syringe and needing to remember afterwards. Right. That's pretty much the complete run of the interactions we've got between Aaron and his dad. I mean, I feel like going back to your, uh, drugs being a problem in society his dad shooting him up and being like hey like this is something that you'll uh, come back to when necessary seems like a real uh real lead in there yeah, i didn't go to drugs I, I, I took it as the evils of the modern scientific Ooh, speak on it god you know like uh you know using using i don't know using sentient beings for uh, really <laughs> awful <laughs> drug trials uh, you know that sort of thing. That's what that's what that's what it invoked, Spencer. Are, are Titans escaped lab animals that are rightfully inflicting uh, damage on humanity for all the sins inflicted upon them? Mm. Could be, could be. Uh, we're, we're we're writing a high school English paper here. Could be. Titans together strong. <laughs> mm, mm, yes. <laughs> Titans together strong. Planet of the Apes. Well, uh, all right. So this is we're we're getting right toward the end of the season. So I guess we should we do like uh, predictions for the end of the season. Uh, We're getting to the midway point of the season. Yeah, right, Spencer? Like the, the, the end of the first arc of both the manga and the show. What do you how do you get the next episode will end that first arc? What do you what are your guys' predictions for what will what will go on? Before you guys go, I'll go ahead and bow out. Um I I screwed up the ordering of, of things, so I watch uh, 11, 12, and 13. So uh, <laughs> I will not make a proclamation. <laughs> All right, BJ first then. What do you think? Um I think that um Aaron's gonna fail but somebody there's gonna be a discovery that like him turning into a titan is a wider power yeah I mean I think you gotta get a win for the good guys here right so I mean I, I think that, that, that Aaron's ability to harness um the titan and use it for good we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get that back on the rails a little bit to make this more of a fair fight to BJ's point there has got to be uh, there's got to be dramatic elements that need to be overcome. Uh, <laughs> and I think toward the end of the season we're going to have to overcome some. I think we're going to need to win for the good guys. That's my, my overall prediction. It's going to be a little, a little bit more of a feel good episode than we anticipated. I think. The, the so far. Yeah, I think that Armin is going to have some sort of breakthrough uh, to like yeah. get this rolling because he he's sort of the only one that hasn't done anything other than yelled at a general and the crazy general is just like yeah fucking go for it little boy um so hey he, he stabbed his best friend in the clavicle and gave him a, a bit of a philosophical speech about what his motivations in life are that was a, that was a bit of a success last episode i sure i mean aaron has a lot of strong mentors in his life and so you know with all this help and mentorship he will hand, overcome yes. the the uh difficulties ahead uh leave i can you offer us what you would have thought before you watched the last episode, or is that too much laced into what you've actually experienced? I, I, I can't counterfactually uh, answer that, so I'll just go with this sort of hot take of, I don't know, I think, think they're going to fail. I think 
the the armor titan's going to show up uh pound through the wall and and humanity's going to have to call 50 percent of the population so we're, we're going to really have like a genocide uh arc for for the second uh part here oh nice it, okay we'll just kill half the population I think is the good. armored titan his father no i think the armored titan actually is a dragon what why not <laughs> okay we're just making stuff up Wait. here so well levi is bringing up one of the biggest differences we've now seen between the two attacks of where <laughs> one was a dragon <laughs> attacking the I'm wall not putting out that. Uh, but first attack that we saw a colossal titan kicks in the wall armored titan breaches the interior wall saw the colossal titan the colossal titan disappeared we have yet to see the armored titan yet that is a difference between what we saw between the, la- the, la- the last time you know these guys emerged yeah i mean I feel like we're, we're I'm leaning towards uh, our Harry Potter way of doing things with questions, but like, do, and I guess I'll toss it out to everybody else unless this was answered in, in episode 13, but like, do you think that every uh, special Titan is human or, and, or do you think that all Titans are human and they all sort of have this like, I don't know, Matrix-esque uh, like infiltration of the body and that, that's how that's that's working? I can Please. give you an answer Your that thoughts. it's not present in it's not answered in, in episode 13 um I, I imagine this is going to be like a it takes a season and a half to figure this out um they're gonna gonna drag this guy out also they probably don't but, know if i'm being honest i mean that was I'm a theory good. line episodes ago that there was little people inside of all these titans and that that was something mm-hmm. we're going to discover so yeah mm-hmm. i mean I, I think i'd still roll with that that seems reasonable levi send both for you yeah i mean it, They'll probably end up being something like that. It probably won't be dragons. It probably won't be a scat. It, it escaped orangutans who who now learn how to talk and are, are you know killing. It make much more sense if it was chimps. Um, if there are, if the, if it is ultimately escaped orangutans that can talk, would it make you happy? Yeah, I really like the, the Planet of the Apes movies, the old ones and the new ones. So um, yeah, those are I, I'm going to endorse your theory, sir. I want you to believe this. Keep believing it. There's still time. I think chimps would, be, chimps would be better because of the violent nature of the, the Titans. Um, yeah, I, 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 there's, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going with little people inside. There's a whole society of people that we don't know of that know about how to get inside or make the Titans or whatever, and they're just constantly generating, making them, and living inside the Titans. So it's a war against people. It's, you're not fighting like a mythical creature. You're you're fighting another society. Ooh, it could be actually anime. Uh, watchers, like adult anime watchers, uh, are the are the ones inside there because they sort of resort back to their childish ways and like live in nostalgia, uh, reading reading cartoons. Um, so we're going to be Titans to, soon. To, to progressing and being productive. That's why they have a lost generation. Ooh, I've solved it. Doing that, I like that. So the other the other thing that that I just I don't know came came to mind is uh, like these are uh, like workers from uh, Chernobyl that like kind of went brain dead and and like the it, it, it's another uh japanese parable about the dangers of uh nuclear power so this is actually earth this is actually like non-fiction esque like it's said in our our world and i all i think this is world. yeah this is this is an alternate re- i mean i think that they were kind of going with that in talking about like the nations of history and and whatever Asia. um yeah they specifically name dropped you know mikasa's you know, origins are from Asia, a, 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 what they refer to as a nation that used to exist. So we're at least getting some comparisons to the real world. And and also, well, the more problematic things associated with that. 
So we have Chernobyl, we, we have chimps, and we have little people. Uh, I mean, it that, could be all of the, the above. I mean, I, I don't see why, why, you know, they're the little people for for the, the base titans. The the angry, powerful titans are are the chimps. And, uh, you know, it, it's their, uh, you know, warlike and uh, cannibalistic nature that, that drive them to, to only eat, you know, humans. Well, there you go. I think we just solved it, Spencer. I don't know that we even I'm need very to do with this, sir. I think we've got it. We've took, got it nailed. I think it took me four seasons to get as far as you guys have gotten in ten minutes of talking with each other. I'm truly impressed. So Spencer, I have a question for you before we wrap up. Where, like, try to try to go back. Where were you? Like, I guess what I'm really interested in is you obviously like the series. You follow it. At this point, where we've watched eleven and twelve, were you hooked? Were you like, yes, I'm all in. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow this show all the way through. I was hooked, and my dominant theory I had at this point was that the dad was kind of like this vast, manipulative, bad scientist that had been kind of experimenting on a lot of children. And I kind of, my theory at this point was that he had been experimenting on both Mikasa and Aaron, and that explained their respective abilities. That was my kind of background theory for what was happening. But But I, I I I was hooked by about episode five. Pretty much when Aaron seemingly died i was like oh this should this show's seemingly trying to go different i'm curious were you disappointed when he came back yes and that disappointment never actually went away <laughs> because, like, like, because like i felt like i by about episode four or five was was into it and hooked but i feel like it's hit a lull like i, I maybe i'm crazy but like these last couple episodes felt a little slower a little bit more boring to me they they do and i agree and that is not an uncommon criticism of where the pacing in season one is its biggest flaw, of where it doesn't know how to maintain a consistent ramp or even just a consistent speed. Um, Next one is going to ramp things up a bit just because it's what they've been building up towards. But I'll warn you in advance, there are going to be some slow patches between the exciting moments as the season goes on. Okay. And and the other thing I just wanted to mention is that my guess is there was probably six months between episode 13 and 14, or like thereabouts, and so because we're watching it on streaming and like we don't have to deal with that, like we don't get that drawn out gap. Yeah, it's like when people rewatch The Office now, they don't realize that at the end of season two, when Pam kisses Jim, we all had to wait an entire summer to see what the fuck happened. And it was one of the worst <laughs> summers of my life. Very, very difficult. Um, yeah. Uh, so last thing on, on this I want to talk about, Spencer, uh, because I, I have enjoyed this and because Levi is such a good friend of mine, he sent me a Attack on Titan shirt, which I wear. Now, I've had multiple people come up to me and say, oh, you're a fan. What did you think of the latest season? Now, obviously, I haven't gotten that far. Can you give me some stock lines to just give these people? Um, just something really quick and easy. Like, for instance, if, if they came up to me and said, oh, you're a Game of Thrones fan, I could say, yeah, they really shit the bed in season eight. You know, and I'll just be like the cool kids. Like, what could I say um, to people coming up to me and asking me about the this, this series? Uh, consistent thing you can say for pretty much all the later seasons. Oh my God, I can't believe that happened. Okay, got it. Yep. Just do the right. I know, right, right. Yeah. Do that. I can't believe they went there. Oh man, I just I can't even guess what's going to happen next. That so is always true. You are doing the uh, the IT crowd talks soccer uh, skit, but in real life, <laughs> the anime version of it, which is a much funnier version. That is nerd wheels within wheels right there. Yeah, I feel like my my nerd my nerd cred is like really high right now. Like 
like I, I, I go to comic book stores on the regular. I was wearing an Attack on Titan shirt. Got approached in a grocery store about that. I feel like my nerd bars are getting high. I'm, I'm enjoying this. Thank you. Where does this end, After Terry? Like, is, there, it end? is there an exit ramp of this? Or are you just like going to have like, like, like snuggle a uh, little like, you know, either blow up or sort of like plush anime figures? He's going to get signed uh, by the artist uh, manga, like on, on a shelf. He's going to have like, you know, signed by the author, shipped from Japan. Ends, I think it ends with me quitting my job and helping to run a con in my 50s. I don't know that you need to quit your job for it, but like, <laughs> if it no, makes like you a, feel better to do so. No, no, like a big one, like a big, like a big con where you, you it is a job and you're employed doing it. Um, yeah, it's probably where it, it's probably where it ends for me. I'm, I'm going to keep embracing this thing. I'm gonna I keep, mean, keep, I, I, keep I, I, going I, in nerd culture. I already kind of picture you're doing that for a song of ice and fire. So we're just kind of just changing the subject matter rather than changing the future. Yeah, I just have to get enough money to get comfortable doing it. But yeah, that'd be great. Uh, but that's that's probably where it goes. But yeah, thank you for the shirt, Levi. It is. Uh, I've had some pretty uncomfortable conversations because of it, but at least that's been cool. <laughs> well, I'm glad y'all enjoyed it. Definitely looking Anything forward else? to the next episode with y'all. Um, do we, how many episodes do we want to do for next time? Or do we want to just do one episode and, fo- and focus on that, or you want to do a full two? That's Spencer telegraphing some stuff. Well, since just the next episode rounds out the arc, you know, do we want to start the next one? I mean, I feel like there is a benefit to that because that helps us keep going rather than like. I, I, agree. I just want to make sure you'd be OK with that. Yeah, let's watch too. Let's watch. And we can talk about it like, OK, the end of the season and then we'll just halfway through the podcast break and talk about the start of the next. OK, I think we got a plan. OK, that wraps up our coverage here of uh, episode 11 and 12 of Attack on Titan. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And if you're enjoying this podcast, which I imagine you are if you've gotten this far and you like hearing us gab, type in Mangum Talks in any podcast platform that you have and check out our review of HBO's House of the Dragon. We're doing two episodes per week on HBO's House of the Dragon, a reaction episode plus a full review. Really looking forward to that. Spencer, we got 10 episodes, 10 whole episodes of House of the Dragon to do over on the Pot of the Dragon podcast feed. Looking forward to that. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time.